Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I think you've got to enjoy life. You've got to enjoy every day. If we don't enjoy today, what have we got? We're always thinking about what what has happened. We're always looking towards what hasn't happened. And we're never enjoying the moment that we find ourselves in. And I think there's, there's... God moments, God-designated moments in each of our lives. And he goes, man, I want you to experience this. I want you to enjoy this. Just, just grab a hold of it. And can I, so can I encourage you, enjoy every day. Enjoy the moment you find yourself in. Good, bad, ugly. Enjoy the moment knowing that God's taking you beyond the moment. Amen? Fantastic. Has anybody seen the ads in the paper? In the news and news? They've been going in. we kind of got like 13 weeks worth of ads that are running. They won't be every week, but we're doing a few, a few that are provocative to get people thinking, a few that give all the details about church and who we are and what we're doing. We're going to have some ads in there for Easter. Uh, can I encourage you? You know, I've, I've had people ringing me from the ads, some not liking the ads, some liking the ads, and, and they've both worked good because I've been able to bring people around. And I'm even having lunch with a few people that didn't like the ads. That's deceptive. You, you, are, you are religious. It says you're not religious, but you're a church. You must be religious. And I said, well, actually, you know what? We're more about relationship than we are about religion. And I had a full conversation saying, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you ask Christ into your life, you know, you, you can have a relationship with him. So it's not about the law and the rules and the regulations. You know, life's a journey. It, it's about the relationship. He goes, oh, well, I don't want to argue with you then. I said, that's good. <laughs> so now we're going to have lunch. We're going to catch up. And he's asked me a whole lot of questions. Who knows you can turn a bad situation into a good one? It's how you respond. Yeah, yeah I, it works. But uh, who was here last week? Justin preached a fantastic message. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. He's, he had to work today, but capacity for the cause. I thought, man, it was, it was a great message. He's, Justin's awesome. He, he, he gets into the Word, he goes deep, and he brings a message that we can apply. Who knows, you know, I, we could preach from Genesis to Revelation and back again, but if you can't apply what's being brought from the Word, it's kind of of no effect. But he always brings a great Word. So when you see him, please encourage him, because I thought it was fantastic. Uh, just encouraging us to get bigger, to live bigger, to increase our capacity. There's, there's so much that God can do for you, and then the rest is up to you. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about, and the title of my message is this, it's your call. It's your call. Make a call. The life that you live, the, the reality that you experience, it's your call. And you might be going, well, no, it's not. I've, this stuff happens. It's your call. You can't control what happens to you in life, but you can control how you respond. You can't control what people do, what people say, things that happen, but you have full and total control over how you respond in any given situation. It's your call. So if you're taking notes, you can put that down. So I kind of want to dovetail a little bit with what Justin was talking about, about being people of capacity, people, big people that you know, have, a, have a big threshold. They don't explode easily or quickly. They've, just, they've got capacity. And what I want to do is look at the first few chapters of Daniel uh, and, and some of its characters and see the direction their lives took because of the decisions they made. Amen? So in Daniel 1, starting in, in, in verse 1, it says this. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. 
The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God. And when he carried into the land, uh, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then he instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of his wine, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of this time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those young men of, uh, of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave uh, names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, Han- uh, to Haniah, Shadrach, to Mishael, uh, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Let, let me pick the story up here. Basically, these guys are being picked because they're the cream of the crop. These, these are young men who are smart. These are young men who are willing to serve. These are young men who are gifted and good-looking. They've basically been given a full uni scholarship. We're going to train you. We're going to make you better than what you already are. You don't have to pay a thing. And beyond that, you can live in luxury. You can, we're going to give you everything. We're going to give you your food to eat. We're going to give you your luxurious premises. We're going to give you wine to drink. We're going to give you all these things... Just come and serve in, in, in the house of our king. And basically it goes on to say that Daniel says, you know what? I believe in my God. You want to train us to serve your God, but I believe my God. And he says, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to live other, you know, another way other than what I believe is right. And he says, can you, can you just take away the portion that the king wants to give us? We'll serve, we'll learn, we'll do all those things, but we won't consume what you want us to consume. We won't do what you do just because you do it. Would you just give us bread and vegetables? And, and the eunuch who was afraid of the king, he said, I can't do that. If the king looks and sees that, that your countenance is down, that you're malnourished, that you are not fit like the others, he will say, why is this? And when I tell him I haven't been giving him, giving you what he wants me to give you, he's going to be angry with me. So Daniel, because he was already someone full of wisdom, says, why don't you test us? Why don't you, why don't you just take away our portion for 10 days and then come back to us and see how we are? And so then it goes on to say, um, in Daniel 1, verse 15, it says, And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies, the wine uh, that they were to drink, and gave them vegetables. And for these four young men, God gave them. See, the king wanted to give them something, but in its place, God gave them something. See, when we take of and we eat of the world's delicacies, there's no room there to take on board God's delicacies. Amen? Just pointing that out. Um, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, brought the, um, at the end of the days when the king had said uh, that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them, uh, among all of them, none were found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. 
in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. They were found to be ten times wiser, ten times more creative, ten times more innovative. They were ten times better in every way than those that had been taught in the king's house and took of the king's delicacies. I love the fact that these guys had integrity of heart. They knew who they were, they knew who they served, and they were, they were integrous to that. The story goes on to say that King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a, a pretty good and pretty strong self-image. He builds a statue of himself, 90 foot tall from solid gold. Hello, you got to kind of like yourself a little bit, to build a statue, 90 foot tall, solid gold, and he, and he put it out in the middle of this, of this plain. And he said, when uh, my people, when the people in my realm hear all of these different instruments, the, the, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the, when anybody hears these instruments being played, played, they must bow down and worship my image. They must bow down and, and honour me. And, and it, was, it was pretty massive. It was, um, it, it was a big deal. And what happened was the, these, these Israeli boys made a decision they weren't going to bow down. They weren't going to bow down. They hadn't bowed down in the past. They weren't going to start bowing down now. Who knows that life calls all of us at some point or another to make a decision whether or not we're going to bow down whether we're going to accept because of convenience or any other thing, whether we're going to bow down and say, you know what, well, I believe this and I believe in God. However, I might just bow to this because it's easier in this circumstance. You know, it would have been easier in this circumstance just to bow down. When millions of people are bowing down and three are standing, it's pretty obvious. You can't really hide. You can't really get away with sitting behind the the bush or it's when everyone's bowing and you're not somebody's going to notice can I encourage you it's okay to be noticed in life it's okay to be different it's okay to love your God outwardly to be to be a bright shining light in the community you face yourself in Um, and and it says here in in Daniel 3 verse 8 says therefore at that time Certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever, you are king. Uh, and you have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery. Does anybody know what a psaltery is? If anybody does, it might be Eric, but what, what the heck is a psaltery? It's what? We're going to Google it. It's a song, is it? There you go. Fantastic. I've learned something today. Thanks, Laurie. Um, the, the, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psalter, in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. That's pretty heavy. If you don't, you're dead. If you don't fall down and worship me, you're dead. Heavy. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the prominence of Babylon, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Needless to say, Nebuchadnezzar was ticked off. He is the king. He commands armies. He commands people groups. He, what he says goes. When he builds a, a 90-foot gold statue of himself and says, bow down, you bow down. But nonetheless, he said, you know what, I'm going to give these boys one more, one more chance. 
So he comes to him and says, you know, if you bow down, I know you haven't, and that's not cool. If you bow down and worship me now, I'll clear the slate. You're okay. Forget the fiery furnace. I'll let you go. And the boy said, no. And so this this enraged the king. This just sent him over the edge. And he he went into a state, and he said, uh, you know what? Heat that thing seven times hotter than usual. Just fire that bad boy up. Get ready, we're having a barbecue. These boys need to bow down. I need to make an example of them. And it goes on in Daniel 3, verses 16 to 18. It says, and this is the boy's response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I'm going to heat the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been heated before, and I'm going to cast you into it if you don't bow down, if you don't give in, if you don't cave to my desires. Life has desires for you. The enemy has desires for you. But can I tell you, God has a call for your life. It is going to be tested. It is going to be challenged. It is going to be attacked. Can I encourage you here today? You don't have to serve other gods. You don't have to serve other opinions. You can stand tall and true with God. And I love this because it goes on to say, O king, so they they, they were still honoring of his position. Let us tell you something. Our God can save us. But if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. Man, that, that is a position of strength that I, that I hope I carry. I hope I carry that strength on the inside of me that when I'm challenged to beyond or to death, that I can still stand and go, whatever happens, my God is for me. Whether he calls me on or he sets me free, he is for me. Well, mate, right then, the, the king just had a hissy fit and, and heated it seven times hotter. And, he, and even the men that, were bound, that, that had bound these three young uh, Jewish boys and cast them in, they, they got so close that they died. And it says that they cast these boys into the fire. And then King Nebuchadnezzar jumps from his throne and he's sitting there and he goes, whoever his assistants were, come here, come here. What the heck is going on? Didn't we throw, uh, cast three men into the fire? And he says, yes, we did. He says, well, I see the, 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 the figure of a fourth in there. What's going on? He says he came as close as he could to the entrance to the furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out here. I would have just sat there and said, you come in here. I would have just started playing with them. They're in the middle of the fire. They're walking around. The Bible says that not one hair on their head was singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. In other words, the thing that was the threat to their life had no effect on their life. See, because, and and who was the image? The fourth image in the fire, it was the image of Jesus. Jesus Christ was walking around on the inside of that circumstance, on the inside of that, that fiery furnace. Can I encourage you? You are going to face some challenges in life. You are going to be thrown into some fiery furnaces. You're going to have to defend your faith. You're going to have to defend your integrity. You're going to have to stand true to what you believe. And it's going to feel like you're going to lose. You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your reputation. You're going to... Can I tell you, the best place to be is in the middle of the furnace with Jesus Christ standing next to you. The best place you will ever find yourself is in the middle of a furnace where you are out of control and God is totally in control. Amen? And he called them out. And what I love about this, they made a call. 
O king, you're threatening our lives. You want to take from us what is dearest to us. We will not bow down. We will not worship you. We will not compromise. We want to stand in our integrity, even if it means that God doesn't save us. And what happens is the minority, three people amongst millions, became the majority. Because the king then wrote a decree that says, no other God will be served except the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because he is real, and he is powerful, and he has saved his people. Can I encourage you, when we stand in a place, even as the minority... Even as an individual against an army, we are still the majority with God. We still have the power of heaven, the might of heaven backing us in all that we do. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand clap this morning. And a lot of our everyday lives are subject to somebody else's call. And for the most part, this is good. The police tell me how fast I can drive. And most of us stick to that. The, the tax man tells me how much tax I have to pay. My strata manager tells me what color I can paint my house. Amen? You know, the social media tells me what's cool and what's hip, and apparently this is not it. When we're playing sports on, 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 a, on a field, the referee tells me what's fair and what's unfair, what I can do and what I can't do. Most of our lives are subject to, you can park here, but you can't park there. Yes? You with me this morning? That, that's the life that we find ourselves in. But when it comes to issues that matter, it's your call. Issues of faith, issues of integrity, issues of morality, social justice, issues of family, it's your call. And I want to encourage you here today, don't let others, don't defer to others to make decisions about the issues that really matter in your world. Don't find yourself in a pattern that, well, I'm told here and I'm told here and I'm told here. No, no, I want to encourage you today. God gave you life and God gave you a sound mind and he wants you to use both. He wants you to live the life he gave you. You know, it says the reason the Son of Man came was to smash the works of the enemy. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. Timothy says that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God wants you to go, hey, 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 time out. It's my call. Because everybody wants to tell you what you should believe. Everybody wants to tell you where your kids should go to school, how many sports they should be playing. All Time out. Time out. This is my life. With, with all these other issues, where I park my car, how much taxes I pay, that's cool. But this is my life. You, you are men and women of strength. You, you, God has given you a sound mind. He's called you to live in dominion in the life that you find yourself in. But see, what happens is we, we come to... We come to church and so often we're telling you about what God can do for you. God can heal you and he can set you free and he can provide for you and he's going to deliver you and, and he does and he will and he can. But this morning I want to talk about what you can do for you. Yeah. You, you have been empowered of God to live victorious in life. What, what are you doing for you? What are you doing to exercise what God has given to you? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Is this all right, Zoe? It's helping me. Is it helping you? Fantastic. Fantastic. This is awesome. What you can do for you. And, you know, most of you would have seen the show Deal or No Deal. What's the guy's name on Deal or No Deal? Andrew O'Keefe. Too many people watch it, I think. You need to work a little longer. You need to... Deal or No Deal. I was thinking about this the other day. I thought, this is like life. Every single one of us want the case with the 200 grand in it. But it goes all the way down from 50 cents up to 200,000. 
and we want the case with $200,000 in it. That would help. That would get me through this. That would do this. I could holiday here. I could do this. You know, all these things. But life doesn't always deal us what we want. See, see, it was pretty hot. Seven times hotter is pretty hot. Do I just deal out here? Do I just take the money? I'm only being offered $1,500 and it's not quite what I want and it's not going to get me far. But do I just deal out because that's easier than seven times hotter? That's, that's easier than getting in this fiery furnace and losing my... Do I just deal out or do I go another round? Go one more. Daniel, Daniel would go one more. And here's the thing. Sometimes there's disappointments and we go, I thought in this relationship I had the 200 grand. I thought I was going to hit the jackpot. I thought this was it, but it turned out to be I had the case with, with $1,000 in it. What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to deal or no deal? It's your call. It's your life, therefore it's your call. Can I encourage you? You can bank on Jesus. You can bank on the fact that in the middle of a fiery furnace, he's going to be standing next to you. You don't have to give in. You don't have to check out. You don't have to, There might have been disappointment. You may not have got what you thought you wanted. Can I encourage you, when you don't get what you think you want, I'm telling you there's something better for you on the other side of that disappointment that you face. It's how you journey through it. It's how you respond to the situation you find yourself in. And, and the life that we have, it's, it's, we've got one life and it's a gift. Let's live this life to capacity. Let's, let's live and enlarge our capacities, like Justin was saying, so that we have capacity for the cause. Because each and every one of us has been called to something. It says in Jeremiah 1, verses 5, it says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Each and every one of you can be a prophet to the nations can be a prophet to your, to your world and your direct sphere of influence. Every single one of you can impact and change lives in Christ. He's called you to that before you were born. So before you were born, he made you and he put this calling and this purpose on the inside of you. Don't live purposeless. Don't live directionless. Live by faith and stand strong and true in who you are. And, you know, it says in Proverbs 11, th verse 3, it says, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. I don't want to be a Christian today believing in God, and then tomorrow I'm in the world, and, and I'm swayed by whatever popular opinion is, by whatever my boss says, by whatever. Do you know, I've left jobs because my boss said to do things that were against what I believed. And for me, my integrity was such I had to leave rather than getting a paycheck. I want, I want to be that person where I can make a tough call and walk into what seems like a, a seven times hotter, fiery furnace, knowing that God will be there with me. And he got me through every single time because God is faithful. Like I said, he's called each of us to certain things. Some of us to parent our kids well, some to evangelize, some to preach, some to teach, uh, some to be hospitable. Some to be generous and to provide for other people. Some to, to, to be parents to those who aren't our own. Can I encourage you, none of this is going to be without its difficulties. None of it's going to be without its challenges or its furnaces. What are you going to do? It's your call. And whether we live like a, a victim or a victor in life, it's our call. Whether we live as a, a consumer or a producer, it's our call. See, see, you go, but you don't understand the problems I've got. You don't understand the challenges I'm facing. You don't understand the attacks that come against me. You don't understand the ones that come against me. You don't understand what I've walked through. You don't understand what I've seen. But God is faithful.
Each of, our, each of our walks, each of our journeys is unique and different, but the one common factor is Jesus Christ, God Almighty. He is faithful to his world. He is faithful to his people. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, can we just give God a hand clap this morning? And I'm not downplaying the challenges you face. I know they're real, but I know God is bigger. I know he's big and he's real, and that changes everything. So if I can encourage you here today, if you get nothing else... Make the call, God, I believe in you. Make the call, God, I'm standing in faith, even though it looks like that storm is about to come against me and take my life. I'm standing because I believe. Make a decision that he is able. Because most of the battles we face in life won't look like a fiery furnace. They won't present like this is going to take my world. It will look like something smaller or something that, it's, it's not a fiery furnace. We're not going to pick you up and throw you in. But we all have a call to make. And the battles that we face generally are in our mind, in our thoughts and desires and thoughts and, and, and thought patterns that stem from things that we've faced in the past. And the, these battles that we face are going to be won through the words of our mouth. Let me encourage you here today. If, if the life you're facing, if the challenges you're facing are, are, seem insurmountable, change your speech pattern. All things are possible to those who believe. God, you've called me to be the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. God, you said that you lead me into victory through Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus. Your word says that if I let go of these things, that I can run towards you, that I will get to the end of my race and I will live victoriously. Change, change the, the, the speech, change your, your speech patterns and the words that come out of your mouth. Speak faith and hope and future and life and that's what you will experience. Uh, you know, it may seem crazy at times, but that's how it works. We're going to be one of two people in life. We're going to be a thermostat or a thermometer. We're going to be somebody that, that measures what's going on around our world, or we're going to determine the temperature of our lives. I like the fact that these three boys go, hang it. I don't want to live here serving somebody that I don't believe in. Anyway, if you're going to throw them in, do it. It's a win-win for me. If, if, if God doesn't save us, we go to be with him. If he does save us... We come out victorious. It's, I love the fact that they said, you know what? I'm going to set the temperature of my life. I'm going to set the course for my life. I'm going to live according to the beliefs that I have. Let's not be people that are swayed by our circumstance. Let's not be people that are, that, that are wishy-washy. You know, it says in the Bible, that says, I would rather you be hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. God, God, God wants Christians that are hot or sinners that are cold, that are out there enjoying life anyway. He would rather us be like that than to sit on the fence, of, and, which is a mediocre life. You know, the definition of mediocrity is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. I never want to be de described as mediocre. The best of the worst and the worst of the best. In other words, I'm just right in the middle. I'm just cutting it, but sort of, you know, depends on the day, depends on the direction of the wind. I want to be excellent in all that. I want to make a decision and walk that decision out. I want to make a call for my life and where I'm going and, and where my future lies. Amen? You know, the fact is that Jesus came to fight a battle you couldn't win to hand you a victory you didn't deserve. He fought something, a battle that you could not win, and he handed you victory. But we have to do something to that. We have to take a hold of it, accept it, and appropriate, appropriate it into our lives. It says here in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. I'm calling on heaven 
to witness the choice you make. Do you know there's no neutral ground in life? You can't stay neutral. You have to make a decision one way or the other. And even if you don't make a decision, you're making a decision. It says, I'm calling heaven against you as your witness today about the decision that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Do you know your, the choices you make today affect your descendants, affect future generations? When you say, you know what, I'm a man or woman of faith. I'm holding on to my integrity. I'm walking straight and true. And go, Do you know that affects future generations? Do you know the, the, the blessings that flow down to them because of the decisions you make today? Man, I, I want blessings to flow down through my family's generations. I want my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids to say, Dad, uh, Dad granddad, great-granddad was a man of faith. He lived a simple life, but he walked straight and true, and it's put me on a, on a good path. I'm blessed today because of the faith that my granddad, my great-granddad, my father held. Amen? goes on to say... Um, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Do you want to know the key to your life? Obey God. Walk in his ways. Make a choice. It's your call. You want life to work? You want to unlock all that God has for you? There it is right there. See, because to most people, to, to somebody with a, with a negative mindset, life looks hard. But you can unlock life just by doing this very simple thing. Uh, this is the key. To, and if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I've got, I got so much here, but I'm going to finish with this. The life you live, it's your call. You can stay in the boat or you can walk on water. Peter didn't want to stay in the boat. He said, you know what? I want to live in the miracle zone. I want to live in the all things are possible zone. I want God to go before me. I'm stepping out of the boat. You know, when, when Jesus called him out of the boat, he didn't call Peter. He said, come. All 12 of the disciples could have got out of that boat and walked on water that night, but only one did. I want to be the disciple. I want to be the man of faith that steps out of the boat. You, you, can, you can slay giants or you can stay in the crowd. Goliath made a decision. I'm going to go and fight for the honor of my God. I'm going to go and fight for the people that are being oppressed and bound right now. I'm going to make a difference. You, you can slay giants or you can stay in the crowd. You can stay silent or you can liberate a people. Esther decided that even though death was the option, she would speak up. She would go and stand before the king so that her people would be spared. Can I tell you, we are called for such a time as this to make a difference in other people's lives. You are called, each and every one of you, to be a voice to a generation. You're called to prophesy life and hope and faith into people's worlds on the Sunshine Coast, in your universities, at your places of work, in your families. You can make a difference. There's nothing average about you. There's nothing mediocre about you. You're made in the image of God. And the Bible says that you're filled with his spirit. That, and that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead when he'd been three days dead in a tomb is at work in your life. Can I encourage you here this morning? It's your call. It's your call. I want to live different. I want to live set apart. I want to accept the call that God has, has placed on my life. And, you know, when you don't know what to do, just ask God. Just ask him, but believe that he'll do something. It says in James, verse 1, it says, let him ask in faith. When you don't know what to do, you don't know what the decision you make, but you're asking of God to give you clear direction, believe that he will, and then walk obediently to that. It says, 
without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. In Kings, Elisha's just called everybody, all the false prophets, up to Mount Carmel. He says, we're going to have a contest. And he says here, he says, um, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. They didn't answer him a word. He's the, he's the only prophet against 850 false prophets. He's calling Israel back to God. He says, how long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you live in indecision? Where there's indecision, there's division. Because there's, there's two opinions. There's two points of view. There's two directions to take. It says they answered him not a word. When we live in indecision, we're silenced. God has put the power of creation in our mouths, but when we live in indecision, we're silenced. We can't move forward. We can't move back. We're bound by circumstance. Today, let's be men and women that make a choice. Let's be men and women that stand up and say, it's my life, therefore it's my call. I'm making a call. Can I just ask you to stand to your feet this morning? Jesus made a call for you. He said, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your be done. We walk through life and and it's a journey of twists and turns, hills and valleys, and it's not always comfortable and it's not always convenient. Can I encourage you, let the declaration of your mouth be, God, make my path straight, but not my will, yours be done. Regardless of the twists and turns that this path take, I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to make a call that my commitment is to you, Lord. My faith is grounded. I'm going to live in my integrity. I'm going to live in my strength. And I'm going to live beyond myself. I'm not going to look for comfort and convenience, God. My call is commitment to all you've called me to be. Can I tell you, standing before me today is a room full of world changes. Standing before me today is a room full of men and women that have the power of miracles in their hands. You have the ability to change atmospheres, to, to bring miracles into people's lives, to declare healing, to prophesy, to raise up a generation. There's nothing you can't do in Jesus Christ. We just close your, hand, your eyes and lift your hands this morning? Father, I thank you for every person standing before me today. I thank you, Lord God, that you would bless them, that this word would do something for them, that it would unlock something in their world. God, I pray that they would see their circumstance differently, they would see people differently, that they would walk forward in power and faith every day of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. You know what? While every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I just want to give this opportunity this morning. You might be here going, Christian, I've never asked Jesus into my life. I would like to walk that journey that you're talking about. I would like to walk with an assurance and strength on the inside of me that I I can live strong and not be swayed by circumstances. If that's you saying, you know what, I want Jesus in my life, would you just lift your hand this morning? Say, yeah, we're just going to pray a simple prayer. It says, Jesus, come into my world. Be my Lord and Savior. If that's you, just lift your hand here this morning. If not, I'm going to pray a blessing and hand over to Felicity. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a good and loving God, that you're with us, you meet with us every single week. 
Father, we love you and we bless the mighty name of Jesus. And God, I pray that every person standing before me today would, would go into their week favoured of heaven. There'd be joy in their spirit, there'd be peace in their heart, and Lord, that they would journey through this week knowing that they can make a difference, they can be a blessing, they can change somebody's life. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, and everybody said, come on, let's give God a mighty hand clap this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.